Hey there. So summer's almost over, unfortunately, or if it is over for you, I am sorry from the depths of my soul. But summer's almost over. So now that means we're thinking about going back to the classrooms. We're thinking about getting started all the decorations all the time. But in between all the preparations, you know, getting the chairs set up, the desks set up, getting all the things on the walls, the bulletin boards, everything. Have you thought about how you're going to get started with your progress monitoring for the school year? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. We're going to talk about getting the new year started right with progress monitoring. Before we get started on that topic, though, I want to ask you, do you feel confident in your progress monitoring techniques? I know a lot of teachers who just they don't feel like they ever really got started on the right foot with progress monitoring. They've always just felt at least a step or maybe two or 10 behind. That's why I made my five steps to getting started with progress monitoring guide. Here, I give simple, actionable steps to get you confidently on your way to data tracking and to high quality progress monitoring. I've included a few observation and data tracking sheets to just get you started. If you're like so many of my friends, this guide can get you confidently progress monitoring this week. To get a hold of my guide, check out the link in the show notes or head over to Instagram and click on the link in my bio or send me a DM. I'd be glad to send you the link directly. Either way, grab that guide so that whenever you need that progress monitoring data, it's ready for you. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really hate when summer's over. Because summer, summer is just, that's when I come alive. I feel the most like me sitting on the beach with my feet in the sand, a book in my hand, and just listening to those waves crash. That is just, it's so good. That's, That's what I need. That's, I desperately need that right now. And I know that if you're getting back in the classroom right now, you're probably missing the beach and you're missing all those summer vibes. But you know what? Starting a new year is super exciting. There's fresh minds that we're going to be working with. There's awesome kiddos. There's the kids that are going to make us rip our hair out. But there's just there's something amazing about starting a new year, starting a new leaf. Now, the last few years have been rough, and a lot of us are tired. We're tired. We're broken down. And maybe we're not looking forward to going back into the classroom as much as we would have been in years past. And man, I hate that. But you know what? There's not a whole lot we can do about what has happened in the past, What we can do right now is look forward and set ourselves up and our kids 
But let's be honest, right now it's about us. We are going to set ourselves up to have a really good year. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to get that progress monitoring set up this year so that it's at our fingertips when we need it. Because you know what? There's nothing worse than getting in that small group, that intervention group, and realizing you don't have your stuff, right? I know it. I've been there. I've done that. But we're not going to do it again. Because this year, we need things to be smooth. The last few years have been enough. We're done. We're done with the shenanigans. So let's make this a little bit easier. So I've got some steps for you to take. But before we go into the steps, why in the world am I talking about progress monitoring when my kids aren't even in my classroom yet? Quite frankly, because I know the group of kids that are coming to me, they have skill deficits. We know that the kids coming to us are struggling. Not all of them. Some of them are doing great. But we got a lot of kids who have missed some really important learning. And I'll be honest, I want the end of my year to be smooth as butter. So that means I got to fill in as many of those skill gaps, those achievement gaps as I possibly can early on. Because the faster I can do that, the faster my kids get on grade level and it's way smoother sailing. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to check into our schools or our districts, progress monitoring or MTSS, multi-tiered system of supports, those guides and those materials. A lot of times, well, most districts, most schools have some sort of outline, some sort of expectation for what has to happen, whether you call it progress monitoring or response to intervention, RTI, or MTSS, most schools and districts have their expectations. They have their forms, they have their charts, they have things kind of set up the way that they expect you to have them to present. So check those guides out now. Get that done now so that you can make your copies and you can have it all set up and ready to go so that when it comes time to present your data to your team or to advocate for a kid, you already know what you're going to have to walk into. Step two is setting up that data collection, whether you use a binder or a folder of some kind. I personally, I have always been a fan of the binder. I set my binders up so that each of my kids has a tab with a little folder, you know, and I can put in their data sheets right there and any work samples that I want to make sure that I get. And then in that binder, I put in, you know, the universal screeners, you know, those like the past or whatever assessments that you do. And I write in there, hey, this is what their star, their map data was when, you know, the school year started and for each iteration. That way, when I get called to those data chats that, you know, we all love, I have it all on that one student right there. So I might be talking about Jenna one night or one day and, you know, I have my stuff. But if the principal in the meeting says, hey, 
how's Jesus doing? I just flipped to his side and I've got his information right there too. So that's why I've always liked binders better than anything else. But I will say when I had a lot of kids that I was having to track goals for, I did use uh, my file folder or my, my filing cabinet with the hanging folders and all that. Each kiddo had their own hanging folder with their name on it and all their charts and everything went in there. The binder just felt more right to me. Plus, I like the idea of walking into a into a meeting with, you know, the binder is kind of like a protection. It's like a shield almost. But um, when you have like 100 kids that you're trying to, you know, progress monitor, sometimes a binder is not going to cut it. Uh, so you're going to want to make sure that you figure out what's going to work best for you. Like I said, binder all the way right here for me, shield. That's basically what it is. But you know what? The big secret to all this is be prepared to keep the same organizational strategy for your data all year. Do not be like me and switch it up mid-year. I I cannot tell you how how frustrating it is to choose your, you know, your your system. And I was doing fine. I was doing fine with that system. I should have left it alone. But then I went on Pinterest. And just, I should not be allowed to go on Pinterest, you know, after like September. But I went on Pinterest and they had this other system that just, it was so cute. But I don't have the cry cut or cricket or I don't even know how to say that. But I don't have one of those, but they did. And it looked so cute and it looked so perfect. And so I got out my little label maker and I changed my stuff around. It was a waste of time. And so by the time February wrapped around, you know, when all the data was really due and all that stuff, I had half my stuff in my binder. I had half my stuff in this other system thing. There there was folders and there was like there was stuff on my desk. Like it was an absolute disaster. And I've never been more frustrated in my life than when I got pulled into meetings and they're asking for data and I go, well, now I got to go through these three different things. Don't do that. Don't be me. Don't be me. Choose your system and stick with it through the entire year. Just, 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 just do that. Do that for me, for my heart, for my, my sake. Learn from my horrible, horrible misdeeds. Because it's just not worth changing in the middle of the year. If you decide at the end of the year in the summer, that was horrible. I don't ever want to do that again. Fine. Change it. Change it. Please be my guest and change it. But don't do it in the middle. Just just don't. Just don't. Step three is going to be completely based on your grade level. And again, this is also based on your knowledge of your grade level. What kinds of things, what kind of skill deficits do you expect your students to come to you with? Now, this is easier kind of to, to spitball or to brain dump if you've taught on your grade level for a while or even, you know, last year. Um, but if you haven't, talk to the other people on your grade level. They're going to have the more experienced teachers that, you know, for your grade level, they're going to know when what the kids coming up 
they kind of expect to have to fill in. First grade teachers, they know, hey, those kids coming up, there's going to be some kids that we got to work on some letter sounds. They know it. They don't have to think about it. They know that that's something they're going to have to work on. They're going to have to work on segmenting and blending words and sounds. Those are just things that they know, you know, that, that they're going to have to work on. They're going to be kids with those skill deficits coming up. We know that the algebra teachers, when they get those kids in, they're going to be frustrated as all get out because there's going to be kids coming to them that don't have their basic multiplication facts. It is very frustrating, but they know. There are certain things that the teachers, you, you just know that the kids are coming up to you. You're going to have some kids with those skill deficits. Go ahead and brain dump a list of things that you can just expect to have to reteach or things that you're going to have to do in intervention groups. Get that ready to go now. Then talk to the previous year's teachers. Depending on your school size and your district, this could be easier or harder depending on what's going on. It's really easy for the elementary school people for the most part because you kind of know, and let's be honest, a lot of times the uh, last year's teacher will seek you out to tell you, hey, Bobby really needs to work on addition and subtraction fluency. But you know what? If they don't seek you out, go seek them out. Especially the kids that when you look at their Hume files, they're the ones that were struggling last year. Go to the teacher and ask them. Don't be afraid. Ask them for what were they working on in their small intervention groups? What were they working? What were they progress monitoring? Hopefully they'll be able to give you some really good pinpoint, you know, hey, this is the goal I was working on with Bobby. If not, that's okay. It's a good starting off point for you. Again, having an idea of what skill deficits you can expect to have to work with, hey, it's better to know than to be surprised the first couple weeks of school. Step five for all this is collect the progress monitoring in the instructional materials now. Again, I go back to a lot of districts have, you know, RTI, MTSS, those kinds of intervention programs that are available. Go find out about those before the kids even get to you. Go collect that material. Go have it ready because it's a whole lot better to have it on the shelf in your classroom so that when you get that universal screening and all that data back, you can go, hey, this is this group of five you're going to be an intervention group on this skill set. So you're ready to hit the ground running because you already have the materials that you need. Now, a lot of those programs, they come with their own progress monitoring, you know, embedded within it. Uh, Like there's, you know, different programs out there that have like weekly assessments and things like that. I do want to warn you, look closely at the assessments that are provided to you. Don't get me wrong, they're good assessments. They definitely test what was taught in the program that week. But make sure that when you come up with your goals that you have for your students, that the assessment that you use, the actual progress monitoring tool, the test, the evaluation, however you want to say it, 
that that actually targets the goal that you have. So for example, if your goal for your student is that they'll be able to read CVC words from all of the vowels, then having the assessment be something that has that includes sight words and phonics skills and phonemic awareness skills and read r- spelling words out and the all those things in this one weekly mastery check none of those things are actually measuring the goal that you set which was that the students will be able to read CVC words so just be very careful be aware of what your goal is for your student, which should be skill-based, right? Versus what the programs are offering in terms of mastery checks and all that. There's ways around it if you are required by your district to do these mastery checks and report and all that. There's ways around that, and I'm more than glad to talk with you and help you out with that. But just make sure that you know, hey, this is what I'm working on, and that you're actually getting information about what you're working on, okay? Finally, step number six is once you get the kids, use those universal screener, that data that you're gonna get from the past or from MAP or STAR or whatever it is that you're using. Use that information to build your goals. Now, I did a whole podcast episode a while back about uh, how to make um, goals from universal screener data. You can go back and you can look at that. Uh, I will link it in the show notes for you, the blog post that's associated with it. And also, I'll go ahead and link in there um, some of the data collection and the charts and things that I've used over the years to help you out with all that. But make sure that you listen to that episode or read that blog post about the universal screeners because that is, that's your baseline. I know that we talked about going to previous year's teachers and we talked about, you know, what do you expect your kids to come up and need help with? But the fact is your jumping off point for progress monitoring is going to be the beginning of the year assessments that we do. And goodness knows, we do way too many of those. So you're going to have to kind of pick and choose and figure out which ones do you think are the most reliable and which ones do you think the student actually tried their best on to give you a good reading. But use that information to get your progress monitoring goals for your kids because you're guaranteed to make really good progress and you're going to hit the skills that the kids really need to have filled. So do yourself that favor, and then make sure that you check out that blog post on how to use the universal screeners. And um, yeah, go ahead and grab the freebie that I'll put in the um, in the show notes about, uh, it just has like different charts and different observation things that you can do for the kids just to get you started with your progress monitoring. Whatever you do, I just hope that you have the best start to this new school year. I know we're kind of walking into it more tentatively than we ever have before, but truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, I hope that this year is quite frankly the most mundane, (laughs) boring, 
chill <laughs> year that we have had that we've ever had. I hope that it's just run of the mill and nothing crazy happens other than crazy good. And I hope that you are able to have the time to take a deep breath and know that everything is going to be okay. We are going to make it through this year just like we made it through all the others. And I hope that you get a chance to get your progress monitoring set up ahead of time so that the rest of the year can fly by smooth as butter. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your students calm, and your year started out really, really well. 